Welcome to Brown Bag Religion, the MF Casser podcast. So welcome everyone. It is a great pleasure for me to welcome you to this first MF Casser lunch at, of the autumn term 2021. And it's particularly nice because there are actually actual people here, <laughs> three-dimensional actual people in a room together, which feels wonderful after all this Zooming. Um, well, there's still someone or some with us on Zoom, and I'm very happy to have you with us as well. So my name is Liv Ingeborg-Lied, and I am the new uh, director of MF Kosser, which is the research center at MF. Um, and I am running MF Kosser together with Esther Brownsmith, who sits here, um, and she's uh, the communication assistant uh, at MF Kosser right now. So this area here is uh, MF Kosser's dedicated space for these uh, meetings every Tuesday. And we're going to meet here like every Tuesday from today, the 31st of August and until the 14th of December. So it's running from uh, 11.30 lunchtime and until 12. That is what the deal is here. And we have a rich and varied program for this semester. And I, I really, really look forward to presenting it for all you guys. So we will be hybrid probably throughout the semester. Um, and so that means that uh, the talk is streamed and then also recorded. And we are talking amongst ourselves that it will probably end up on YouTube. We'll find out. And it depends, of course, on whether Lars here, for instance, is willing to be on YouTube. <laughs> yes. So today I have the pleasure of introducing our first speaker, which is Lars Dead Iversen. And he's going to talk uh, about the downside of deep do metaphors of depth enable nationalist uses of religion. So uh, I'll give the word soon now to Lars. He has like a 13 minutes slot, 13 minutes sharp. And then we have like more or less a 13 minutes uh, Q&A time after that. So please take it away, Lars. Well, thank you very much. Great to be here. Fantastic to see people and talk to people again. Oh. Um, so my plan here today is to present, it's basically just an idea. And I, uh, that's part of what MF Castle lunches were supposed to be. Uh, also a place where we can discuss, share ideas. And this is an idea very early uh, in a sort of research phase. I haven't done any empirical research, but I want to do something. Maybe we can discuss that. So the, um, the idea to, I want to share with you is basically a metaphor, all right? And um, the metaphors we use, they don't determine how we think, but they do shape us or nudge us in different directions. And I think that's part of what um, the background to what I want to look for. So uh, a few years ago, I was in the Norwegian Siemens churches and I talked to the people there. And churches are often places where people think they want to talk about existential issues or about their personal troubles maybe or joys. Um, or about religion, um, but I talked to the people there and they're like, no, no, we like to keep it light. We want to talk about, maybe they know someone we know, we want to talk, where do you come from? Uh, when, do you want coffee? Do you want a waffle? What are you doing tomorrow? Okay, but why do you want to keep things light? Or oh, we'd love to talk about the deep stuff, but we do that in private. Because when we, um, when we talk about the uh, surface stuff, then people have so much in common. But when we talk about the deep stuff, people start disagreeing and it's all so much different. So we want to have that sort of uh, separated off. And I sort of thought, okay, uh, that's very different from the rhetoric. 
of, of, of uh, religious places or national places where people are told that it's the deep stuff that binds us together. Uh, and I thought sort of in the slogan, surface binds better than depth, right? Uh, and then a chemist will tell you, actually, that's actually what happens in water. The surface of water like is what keeps it together. But anyway, <laughs> um, so there we are. Right, so the underlying idea here is that, uh, um, I'm sort of getting back to the uh, religion and national identity are often bound together by various actors, sometimes by churches, often by politicians, um, and especially um, these days, maybe in Northern Western European contexts, there has been quite a lot of research on uh, the use of religion by populist right-wing movements. Let's talk about hijacking religion, that's a strange term maybe. Um, However, this happens also in pretty secular populations, right? So this is part of the underlying frame, which this might be interesting in. Uh, however, what I think is that these ideas of religion as something deep and nations, they want to be deep. <laughs> uh, so religion has something that national identity builders sort of want religion is successfully presented as something that national identity builders want. And that's maybe part of the underlying dynamic uh, that I want to look at here. But I think this happens across political divides. So I've just picked some examples that I want to read for you pretty soon about how certainly the right-wingers and right extremists do talk about religion as underpinning national identities. And certainly this, I think, is entwined with ideas about exclusion, it's continuations with ideas about race, which have been around. Uh, however, there are also uh, parts of this way of thinking which crosses political boundaries. I think we see it uh, on the Norwegian center and the Norwegian left. And I think we see similar um, uses of the metaphor of religion as deep all, uh, all, all over the place. In fact, I think, religion is deep, has a sort of uh-huh quality with everybody. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. That's what we think about it as. Uh, but I think that's kind of fun to prod and poke a bit in, in, into those kind of nearly taken for granted ideas. Because religion can be seen in a different way than something deep. Uh, and certainly the connections between religion and say a national identity can be seen as different from something deep. It can be seen that, oh, well, my, this religion should influence this nation because this religion is true. If you go back a few hundred years, maybe there was more of that kind of rhetoric. Um, there's a lot of places where the country said, but we are chosen by God. And that's different from saying religion is something deep which underlies our culture. Um, maybe uh, the state is connected to religion by protecting the religion. I think that's part of Buddhism in, in, in several cases. Uh, maybe morality, that um, go back 150 years, Christianity was connected to Norwegian schools so that children should learn what's right and what's wrong, for instance. Religion could be seen as something living. Religion can be seen as something over us rather than something under us. 
the uh, Petersburg is phrased the sacred canopy. It can be a mirror. It could be opium, as Karl Marx said. It could be the salt of the world. There are a whole range of different ways of thinking about how religion turns in. Depth is only one of them. Uh, so when I say that religion is deep, it could be different. Uh, but a lot of us would also think, yeah, of course, that's nothing special. Right. Uh, so looking for depth in how different people speak about religion, it's not the only word, but sometimes it turns up, religion is deep, it's depth. But I've found a sort of cluster of, of terms which I think point in the same direction. So um, it's the base of something, or it's basic. It's a foundation or a fundament, fundamental. Uh, something can be profound. It could be a core of something, uh, a root something that underlies. So we have like, I don't know, a cluster of terms, which I basically think have a similar metaphor at heart, which is basically saying that religion is something deep. Now, what does this mean? Um, what kind of ideas does it turn up? I think basically three things that are intertwined is here. When you say something is deep, you're saying that it has temporal or in time, historical continuity stretches back in time, deep things in society uh, stretches back in time often. It's seen as having in some kind of emotional intensity. So it's more than just our thoughts or the rationality. If something is deep for us, uh, it's, it's, it's has some form of emotional intensity. And maybe also moral significance that people imply or um, impute, <laughs> give some moral significance to things that are deep, all right, the deep parts of our lives. So these three as a package, the connection between historical continuity, uh, emotional intensity, and moral significance is a pretty potent package which religion is often seen to have, and which I am saying that nations and nation builders want to have, but they, certainly in a globalized world, have had re more recently a harder time getting people to take this for granted, right? So is why we see several religious, um, uh, political nationalist actors drawing on religious rhetoric. The trouble is a lot of these states or populations are pretty secular. So they don't actually identify as religious or in the European, North European majority cases, Christian. There's something else that goes on with deep, and that's the sense that it can be different and invisible, uh, can be different from, <clears throat> from the surface, right? So it's there even though you don't see it. It can be hidden from us. And there are some parts of this which I think that what you see is not all there is. And there's something mysterious yet compelling going on with deep stuff, all right? So I think that's part of the mix, which is enables also secular populations to say, yeah, yeah, none of us believe in God, but Christianity is very important for who we are, all right? Um, so there we are. All right, I'm going to give some examples. and They are cherry-picked because that's the stage I'm at, uh, but they're also taken from a wide range of different kinds of sources. All right, um, so the Danish People's Party on their Q&A page on the internet has somebody say, okay, uh, uh, what do you think about religion? And the Danish uh, website answers, <clears throat> the Danish People's Party believes that Danes should spend more time educating themselves and less, um, uh, more time educating themselves instead of praying and thinking about God. 
but the culture we live in is Christian. None of us want to change that. We have organized our society on the basis, that's my word here, on the Christian faith. It is important that students learn this. One, two, the previous Norwegian core curriculum, the present one is far more bureaucratic and less poetic. So we have few metaphors to play with, sadly for researchers. <laughs> but uh, the previous Norwegian core curriculum says, Christianity is a deep current that unites us across different, belief, different beliefs, which is a very strange and interesting quote. <laughs> the Norwegian constitution, uh, which I translated because the whole depth part disappeared from the Norwegian to the English translation, the value foundation will remain our Christian and humanist heritage. That's the second paragraph of the Norwegian constitution. Now that changed, it used to be the evangelical Christian uh, faith is the official faith of the Norwegian state, which has nothing to do with depth. Yeah. Uh, so Alternative für Deutschland in their manifesto, and now we want to see part of the harder exclusionary edge. They say that Alternative für Deutschland opposes Islamic practice, which is directed against our liberal democratic constitutional order, our laws, and the Judeo-Christian and humanist foundations of our culture. Okay. Changing it completely, the register, two minutes left, yeah. So uh, the Swedish historian or religion, Don Turfjell, has recently written a book about how the forest and nature has become Swedes, the religion of Swedes overdoing it a bit, but he, he writes, <clears throat> my translation, this phenomenon that the sand of a landscape can evoke a feeling of contact with the dimensions of depth in our existence with death and eternity is a recurring theme in the interviews I have done. Some people speak of how they walk in the forest and cry. Others, how they think that is so beautiful that I am profoundly touched. One man explains how he stops by a special place, looks out over the landscape and feels how something knots together in my chest somehow. Others do not express this in words, but acknowledge silently by holding their hand against their heart, shake their head solemnly and tightening their mouth. What, um, that what they have just talked about touches them at their depths, right? non-political, well, seemingly non-political, whole different register. And basically he says, because they talk about it this deep, I can say it's religion. So he goes that way around it. Finally, and I love this quote, the Italian administrative court, which I think is the second highest court in Italy, uh, dealt with the pretty famous Lauzi case about crucifixes in classrooms, all right? And their arguments for this um, ended up as a different one than uh, what Italy ended up with in the European Court of uh, Human Rights. Uh, and also, it's clearly a, um, <laughs> a judge with, um, which enjoys a bit of flowery language, which is great for me. Um, also, he talks about karst, which is a landscape, um, a sandstone landscape, which creates sort of caves and canyons and is very, very soft and water can run through it in all kinds of different ways. And he says, the link between Christianity and liberty implies a logical historical coherence, which is not immediately obvious. Like a river in a karst landscape, which has only recently been explored precisely because for most of its course, it flows underground. By studying history carefully from a suitable distance, not from up close, 
we can clearly perceive an affinity between, but not the identity of, the hard core of Christianity, which, placing charity above everything else, including faith, emphasizes the acceptance of difference. And on the other side, the hard core of the Republican constitution. So even though it doesn't look like it, and they may seem very, very different, if you think very carefully about it and accept that you want to look underground at things, uh, the Italian constitution and Christianity shares a core, a hard core, they're hard core. Right, those were the examples. Uh, I'll uh, maybe stop there then. We can discuss what people Perfect. think about it and where we can go with this together. Thank you so much. This is wonderful.